Hi, this is Ivy Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. Today's sponsor is Gemist. I don't know about you, but every so often I really need to mix up my shampoo and conditioner because I get sick of whatever I'm using. So I took this quiz online on Gemist's website, and they recommended products for me and then sent me the shampoo and conditioner, and now I am obsessed. So it's it's just amazing, and now I'm really excited that they're my sponsor, not to mention that Gemist is a women-owned company. The CEO and founder is Allison Haar. She's a mom of two, a dog mom, and a Harvard grad. It's a subscription service, so I like don't even have to think about when I'm running out as opposed to you know, trying to squeeze out those last little drops from the containers and having nothing left. And their quality ingredients, which are sulfate-free, paraben-free, dye-free, never tested on animals, and manufactured in the U.S., so that's all awesome. And it's shipped right to me and, well, will be to you as well. Uh, and it looks and smells amazing. So definitely try it out. Uh, if you're ready to have the best hair of your life, try Gemist. And right now, my listeners can give Gemist a try and get 20% off their shampoo and conditioner subscription. So go to Gemist.com, get your personal recommendation, who doesn't love a quiz, and enter Zibby, Z-I-B-B-Y, at checkout for 20% off and free two-day shipping. That's Gemist.com, G-E-M-M-I-S-T.com, and enter code Zibby at checkout to get the best hair of your life. Megan Murphy is the author of Your Fully Charged Life, a radically simple approach to having endless energy and filling every day with yay. Megan B. Murphy is an author, editor, on-air personality, lifestyle, and health expert and influencer, a home hack master, and certified trainer. She was recently named content director of Woman's Day, the number one selling magazine on newsstands, charged with energizing the brand across print and digital. This follows a six-year stint as executive editor at Good Housekeeping, where Megan helped dust off and reimagine the 130-year-old mega brand with a soup-to-nuts redesign that took a more modern, fun, and can-do approach to domesticity, boosting the magazine's cool factor and its readership in the coveted 18-34 to category without losing its core older audience along with guiding Woman's Day's creative vision, which reaches 18 million readers each month. Megan also develops strategic partnerships across all platforms, conceives of new way to generate revenues, and promotes Women's Day in the media as a regular guest expert on Live with Kelly and Ryan, Today, GMA, The Dr. Oz Show, and many more. Additionally, she's been featured on many radio shows and podcasts. She co-hosted Conversations with Maria Menounos on SiriusXM, FashionWeekDaily.com's The Daily Front Row, and TheEveryMom.com, The Newsette, Macaroni Kid, and more, and recently launched her own podcast entitled Off the Gram with fellow wellness influencer. A New Jersey native, Megan married her younger brother's best friend, Pat, and together they live in Westfield with their Irish triplets, Charlie, James, and Brooks, and a Labradoodle named Dempsey. Welcome, Megan. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Do you have to say that at the beginning of every interview now? I mean, it just comes out of my mouth kind of naturally. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe well, you have to do one of those things where like, you know, like you, you take a sip if however many times you say yay in like a given hour or something. Oh my gosh. I would be like drunk and it's dry January. So that would be a problem. Oh, well, okay. Well in February, if you need something to do. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. That I feel like my kids will eventually play that game and it will be funny. <laughs> Maybe it could be with, I don't know, Oreos or something. Not as, oh, you know. James would be into that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, your fully charged life. Thank you for this fantastic advice slash memoir book. That's just exactly what we all need right now to like get us out of the bad moods that we're all probably in and get some amazing tips from you and all of your experience. Can you tell listeners first what your book is really about and maybe hold it up for people watching on YouTube? Thank you. It's upside, upside down. It's it upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yay! Beautiful. Um, okay, great. This it's really awesome. Hard. I got a tattoo to match the color. Oh my gosh, you are committed to the logo I, here. <laughs> I'm proud. Yes, it was a full, like, yes, I, I am owning the bull. But your fully charged life is a radically simple approach to having endless energy and filling every day with yay. And it is really like a science backed guide to living your best life one yay at a time. I really, really believe you are not broken. I am not broken. We don't need fixing, but. I'm pretty sure tomorrow could be more awesome. And I think one of these tips, one of these tricks, one of these strategies is going to stick to get you there. Amazing. And why why put this book together? You know, I've been a service journalist for 25 years and I and I really kind of use myself as a guinea pig, interviewing PhDs, writing stories. And I would say there was a moment when I was working at Cosmo as a senior editor, I did a story on, you know, the seven secrets of happiness. And as I was you know, writing and researching that piece, it was the first time it kind of dawned on me that you can't be happy, you have to do happy. And happy is an action step. It's not even a state of mind. It's in the doing that we become happier. And that there are things that we can all do right here, right now, in this moment today, to get a little piece of that happy pie. And once I started to do some of those things, I don't want my, I got to turn my notifications off. I'm so sorry. That's okay. But once I started to actively do happy, I started to retrain my brain. I mean, I grew up, my nickname was grumpy. I my negativity bias was strong. I was a, a crabby little kid and had some crap life experiences that sort of reinforced all of that negativity. But in reporting and researching the story, I began to see the light and realize that I could make active choices every day to live more positively. And once you begin to live that way, you realize how good it feels. <laughs> and then it's like addictive, like, wow, I want to feel good. I want to be happy. I want to live on the bright side. Like this ain't so bad. It's more fun to live this way. And so I sort of identified different pockets that help me do what I say is what I call fully charged I know the health charge, for instance. I squeezed in a run before this podcast because I function better in the world when I move my body. Whether that means I go for a run or I hop on the Peloton, like things look a little different these days. But as long as I move my body, I feel better. So I have to check that box for myself. I really kind of realize if I sleep well and I protect my sleep, I function better in the world. So I'm very, I'm very like protective of my sleep. I realize I need the love charge. I need people. And I don't just need the people in my house, my three kids and my husband. I need 
cashiers and baristas and train conductors. I need those so-called weak ties to charge me. I want to give you a compliment in the supermarket so that we have an exchange. I want to smile with my eyes now behind a mask and smize at the cashier in the drugstore and have that interaction because I thrive on connection as, as many of us do. So I thrive on those things. So ba- basically the whole fully charged life looks at all of those different things that have the ability to charge us all. And when you pick out the ones, pick and choose the things that work for you. The work charge is really about like, what's your passion and purpose? Like, okay, you need a job to pay the bills and maybe your job isn't going to, you're not going to be passionate about it. Then how can you find passion somewhere else so that you come to the job with purpose? It's really, it's about looking at what makes you tick and doing more of that. The extra charge. I mean, I'm all about the extra charge. Hey, listen, like dress in lightning bolts, dress how you want to feel right? Like I dress in color because I think of my wardrobe as a costume. Like if I, I have an acting background and, you know, if I were playing a nurse, I might put on scrubs and a stethoscope. If I'm playing happy Megan, maybe that means today I'm wearing orange and a lightning bolt and I'm going to fake it till I make it. And maybe those clothes are going to help charge me, right? If I dress in all black, that's also a state of mind and a state of being. How do I want to feel? I'm not going to a funeral. I'm going to life. So I dress the way I want to feel. I mean, I do lots of things, I do happy. And I figured out a lot of those things that work for me. And I know a lot of those things will work for you and the readers. Wow. It's so interesting to hear it sort of packaged up like an option. You know I mean? Like, would you like to choose happy today at Starbucks or would you like to, to stay yeah. in grumpy land? You know, like, and that it's so, it seems so easy the way you say it and the way you wrote it. Well, I think the thing is, is you, you it's a process though. So like it's, it's just like you brush your teeth. Do you think about brushing your teeth? No, but you probably brush your teeth every day. Eventually, choosing happy becomes more automatic. Doing happy becomes more automatic. It's not like this daunting choice. I have to choose happy today. You just automatically do it. You automatically begin to default to the good thought, to the positive. You know, I, I mean, for me, the book really came... I I knew I had to write the book two years ago after my five years, my dad died five years ago. After my dad died five years ago, I I undertook this thing called Operation Good Grief. He had pancreatic cancer and he was gone in five months and it was earth shattering. I had three small kids. I didn't know how to pick up the pieces. I didn't know how to get to tomorrow. And I started this thing called Operation Good Grief, which was really just a process of initially looking for one thing that didn't suck every day, right? Like I told you my, my negativity bias was strong. I'm inherently negative. I trained to live the way I do now, farting rainbows. I trained to do this. But during that period, I mean, I just had to actively say to myself every damn day, what doesn't suck? Okay, you know what doesn't suck today? I got to, I got to, I got this new workout tank that says stronger than you think you are. I'm just going to, I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to take a picture of that. I'm going to put that on Instagram and I'm going to share it with the, the hashtag operation good grief. I did that every single day for two years. Sometimes it was heart foam on a latte. Sometimes it was daffodils blooming at the end of my driveway. Sometimes it was Taco Tuesday. And I just shared that every day until it created a community around Operation Good Grief, other people who were suffering, other people who had moved through the stages of grief that I was going through. And and eventually it just began to, I started to stop saying what doesn't suck. And I started saying what made me say yay today. And there was so much of it. There was just so much of it. Like the neuroplasticity of your brain is amazing. And the, the, the pathways were rewired. I mean, it just, I see good now. 
it's like it's like that old movie. I see dead people. No, yes. I see good people. I just see good people. So many of them, and so many good things. And it was a process, and I and I had to choose to look for those things because they're there. But but bad is loud, and bad is glaring. And so like, especially right now, right? The bad is so loud and it's so glaring, and you have to acknowledge it, and you and you have to notice it. But you don't have to live there, and you don't have to be blinded by it. Because there's also so much good. And guess what? There's more good. But you have to open your eyes to it. You have to be willing to see it. You have to make that choice. Wow. That's very inspirational and motivating. I love that. But the thing is, it's like, listen, I'm not a scientist. I'm not an expert. I'm a guinea pig. I tried this crap. And I'm like, it works. And I feel so grateful to get to live this way. My days are good, even when they're bad. Because I've got the strategies in place to recharge. Wow. I mean, I think that's so much more motivating than hearing this from an expert. I mean, you're just saying like you figured this out and you want to share it from the goodness of your heart because it helps so much. That's how can you turn that down? It's like somebody's giving you a gift. Well, and here's the cool part is like I figured it out and then I have all the science in the world to back it up. That was the really cool part. I went backwards and I'm like, this works. I'm a researcher. I'm a journalist. Why does it work? Then I needed to know why. And so I have, I I mean, I've talked to some of the best, you know, positive psychologists and PhDs and researchers and looked at some of the best studies out there to back it up. Because I didn't want to be like, this is what Megan Murphy thinks. No, this is how Megan Murphy lives. And guess what? Science says, here's why it works. And And I promise you, like, if just one of these little, little tricks sticks, you will be, you will be that much happier. Amazing. That's all it takes. Little tricks just to get through life. That's all it takes. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like I didn't want my book to come out in January because I hate all that new year, new you, new you crap. It's like, you don't need to be a new you, but like, what if you, the you, you already are, could just be a little bit happier. Like what if there's just this one thing that's going to like turbocharge your happiness? Like you're already okay, but how can we turbocharge that? Like, how can you wake up more optimistic, more joyful every day? I mean, if not, like, wh- why not pursue that? Why not make your life better by doing all these things, you know? Well, and I think the cool part is, is that like, so I finished the book at the beginning of the pandemic and, you know, I have three kids. I'm homeschooling. I started a new magazine job in March without ever meeting my team or like actually being in an office. And like we reinvented Woman's Day magazine and, you know, we did all of this isolated from our homes while I was finishing a book and doing a podcast and all the things. And I really had to lean into my tips and tricks and strategies, like hardcore. I mean, I had a week where I was just rock bottom. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I ha- I'm like taking Zoom calls in the pantry, you know, after setting up a, a kinder, like crafting a kindergarten sloth. Like I can't, like I'm done. I, I miss people. I miss my life. I miss the world. I miss every, so Okay, let me look. I, I took this like, then I'm like, let me look at myself. Where, what am I doing and what am I not doing? Why do I feel this way? Oh, I hadn't worked out in three days. Oh, I hadn't showered or like, you know, beach waved my hair or thrown on mascara or gotten out of sweats in six days. Like I didn't make, I wasn't making my bed. I was staying up till one o'clock in the morning to binge watch crap because I had no reason to get up early. 
oh, wait a second. I function better when I go to bed at a reasonable time, get my seven hours of sleep and wake up early before the kids. I function better when I have on a swipe of mascara and maybe try to do something with my hair when I'm not completely in sweats. And once I started to just check those boxes, I was like, oh, wait a second. I feel better. Oh, I feel even better. I feel even better. Oh, I'm okay. But it was like, I just had to do the inventory and go through the checklist. And once I started to charge up in those areas, I was okay again. Wow. That is impressive. I love your approach to this whole thing. You know, it's funny in the beginning of your introduction, you were talking about how like you're not for everyone and like maybe people find you annoying and you're cool with that because you are just a positive person and that's just the way you are now. And you know, if they, if they don't want to, you know, take it or leave it, this is the way you are. And then you go into your whole backstory about, well, maybe not in the introduction, but further into the book about your the pain that you've been through and you have been through a lot of stuff, right? So I just don't, I feel like it's so important to say relatively early that you're not just like, you know, little Miss Sunshine over here and that everything is all roses and rainbows and you've lived through a lot of stuff. And I was hoping maybe you could just talk a little about, you know, your history with your losing your friend and your eating disorder and the TV movie and like the whole drama that characterized that time of your life. Well, and that's what it's, it's so surreal because people who know me now and didn't know me then are like, wait, what, how is that possible? And so I, I sort of, I, I love some of my oldest and dearest friends who are like, oh yeah, no, yeah. Like you're, you've transformed. Oh my God. But cause, because you had to know me then. Yeah. I had some, I had some shit life experiences. I just cursed. I hope that doesn't get me. Okay. Explicitly. But yeah, I have, and it's, it's surreal to look back on it now, but as a teenager, I, I had an eating disorder. My best friend and I were what we called tandem anorexics. We kind of fueled each other's eating disorders, exercise for 90 hours and like ate nothing. And, you know, I wound up in the hospital. Our moms happened to be best friends as well. And my best friend was going to be admitted into the hospital with me as well. And on the drive to the hospital, she jumped out of the car and she subsequently died. And that was tough. I mean, living with the guilt of that, the devastation of that, losing your best friend in such a tragic way at 16 years old was pretty intense. And and like, as I said, I was already kind of a, a miserable human suffering. You know, I subsequently had, you know, three lengthy hospital stays, you know, and, and didn't finish my junior year of high school, had to go back and move you know, in with my aunt and uncle to finish in a different town. I wound up writing an essay about it though. So like there's a grain of good and all bad. I wrote an essay about it, which wound up getting me a $10,000 scholarship and the attention of NBC. I was on an NBC special with Tristan Yearwood and, and Don Johnson and Bob Costas, which wound up getting me an internship and subsequently contributing editor job at YM Magazine and, and sort of springboarded my career. And in that same moment, my my deceased friend's parents then came back and tried to sue me. I was served with papers in my college dorm for having shared our story and having talked about her life, which was which was intense as a you know not fully formed nineteen year old person being served with papers for having you know shared something so deeply personal and 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 in the, sh- the sharing was cathartic for me and I wound up becoming sort of a as I healed and, and got well, a body positivity kind of 
person. I had a column for YM Magazine about body positivity and sort of became a champion for loving yourself and, and loving yourself as you are and using food and exercise as fuel and treating yourself with kindness. So that was a bit of a harrowing experience. It seems like someone else's life now, which just kind of feels good to be so separate from it. But coming through that was was intense and it was tough. And it did shape me and inform who I am and give me a, a very deep appreciation for life. My father's death from pancreatic cancer was was also pretty intense. That was, my dad was my person. Losing him so suddenly also just kind of grounded me in the present and made me appreciate and grateful for everything we get to have and, and the people we get to love and the experiences we get to have. But it was also my dad's death was the reason I knew I had to write this book. Moving through that grief, moving through that loss and really kind of landing in this place of, of joy and optimism, despite everything I've kind of had to navigate really made me feel like I had to share it. Right. Like, I feel like I figured out some kind of secret sauce here. And if other people can feel this way and this kind of energy can be contagious, it sounds so naive, but I really think the world could be a better place, right? Like it feels good to live this way and I'm, and I'm good to other people and other people are good to me by virtue of this energy. Wow. You know, my husband is sort of similar to you and that he's thrives with connection and talking to people. And when we first got together, I was much more not guarded, but just maybe from being a shy child. I don't know. I just didn't often talk to strangers like in the elevator, say. And once we got together and he would, every opportunity he could get to give someone a compliment, he just takes. And it's not, it's like what you're saying about habit. Like he doesn't think twice about it. That's just what he does. I don't know how, I don't know if it stemmed from your, from a conscious choice, but we'll be in the elevator and he'll be like, wow, what a great scarf you have on. And it makes that person's day. Right. And it's almost like that, that ad campaign where like somebody says something nice and then the next person says something nice to the next person. So I totally believe that once you put that positive energy out there, it ripples. And then that person takes it on and you like put it out and it's great. So I totally am on board and have seen this work because now I've adopted it too. And it's even cooler than you think, like compliments are magic, right? So like, your husband compliments that woman on that scarf. Great. In the moment, that feels good. But guess what? That also feels good the next time she puts on the scarf, the next time she looks on the, in the mirror in that scarf. So like the good is, is it like there's this massive ripple effect that you can't even fathom. I'm a big compliment giver because I, I just think it is, it's a way to connect. It's a way to share a kindness. And I especially in a world where we're all masked, I mean, you can only smile so hard with your eyes. A compliment goes really far. You know, I had someone who was sort of rude to me in the store. And instead of being rude back and meeting negativity with negativity, I was like, your mask is so fun. Oh my goodness. I love your mask. is just making me smile. And the next thing I know, she's like, oh, thank you. I got it as like my daughter gave it to me as a gift. Like, and it, it softened that the blow of her initial crap interaction, right? Because it's easy to be rude and it's easy to meet rude with rude and it's easy to meet negativity with negativity. But what if you diffuse all of that with joy and goodness and kindness, just even as an experiment, it's actually really funny. It, it like becomes, you can like almost gamify it. Like, okay, this guy, I was just, I was running today and this guy almost hit me in a crosswalk. And guess what? Like the default is to flip him the bird, right? Like that would have been really easy to flip him with the bird. 
instead I gave him a fist pump and a smile, like, all right, man, we got this. And a, like, like, right. That's the better choice. That's the fully charged choice. Because you know what? My middle finger then like makes him drive with anger and angst. Like why? Right. I'd rather make you smile with a crazy fist pump than, than like turbocharge your anger with a, with a, with a middle finger. Right. Like I had this one experience. This is reminding me of years ago. I was in Tasty Delight back when I was having that like every day, no matter how cold it was. And I would be like, you know, it would be snowing. And I was like in there with my Tasty Delight, the only person. Anyway, this one lady was so rude behind the counter to me one day. And she was just, you could tell she was in the worst mood. And she totally snapped at me as I was trying like, I don't know, 67 flavors or something. Anyway, instead of like getting like all huffy back, I remember like deciding in that moment, like, I wonder what's going on with her. And as she said something rude to me, I was like, I think you're having a really bad day. Are you okay? And she yeah. starts crying and she was like, thank you so much. Like I'm having the worst day. And then she was so nice. And of course gave me like free ice cream. And anyway, it was the first time I had like decided that I wasn't going to like buy into someone else's bad mm-hmm. stuff. And it yeah. just changed the way I looked at things. And it will, it'll just change the way you move through the world because like, you're that rude, that nasty, that miserable person. They're everywhere. Right. So like you can get dragged down with all of them or you can rise above and and rising above is really simple. It's like not giving the person who almost hit you by the, hit you with the car and the cross up the finger, not letting the cashier ruin your day, just not letting that happen. I mean, it's, I enjoy it. I think it's like, it's so fun to change someone's bad to good. It really is. And now how great that there is actually a book that teaches people how to do this essentially, which is fantastic. It's, I mean, it's really, it's really fantastic. I'm like totally on board with this whole book and concept and lifestyle. And I just think it's the best. Tell me like the actual writing piece of this. And I know you finished it in the pandemic and you alluded to that in your book and added a chapter at the end and everything. What was it like having to manage all the other things in your life and then also writing this? Like, when did you get it all done and like, what advice would you have on somebody else trying to accomplish a feat like this? I, so it, I sometimes feel like it's like 20 years in the making. I mean, I feel like I've been living this since my first job at YM Magazine when I was 19 years old. This writing process was pretty grueling, you know, I mean, and, and a book starts with a proposal, right? So the proposal itself took a year. I mean, that was a hard year of pushing and pulling and what this book should be. And I like I, I love my agent, Laura Nolan, because she really worked me and worked the proposal to get it to a place of like this. This is a book. And so once that was in place, that's when we did like the shop it out to the publishers and we went to auction and like, you know, signed that deal with Penguin Random House, which was like, honestly, probably the best day of my life. Like I came home and my kids had made me a big sign with penguins all over it that said, you're fully charged life and like a cake with a lightning bolt. And I made them proud. Like they had seen how hard I worked on it. And it was like a big moment because like it could have gone nowhere. Like it could have just been an idea in my head and it might not have been a book. So like, I really felt very vulnerable in that process and was just elated beside myself when it, when somebody else actually wanted to publish it and a couple of people actually, but Penguin was the dream. And then setting out to write it was kind of daunting because I am, so I'm the editor in chief of Wednesday. I was the good housekeeping's executive editor. There was definitely a moment of like, do I quit my day job and just work on this book? And the answer was no. 
because me hold up just writing, I lose my juice. I need to function in the world. I need to be around people. I need to be creating to be creative. So the thought was, nope, you gotta, you gotta do it all. And that meant number one, asking for help. So I hired a collaborator to do the research, to work really hard with me on the research, to, to make sense of the hamster on the wheel in my brain when I had 900 ideas at four o'clock in the morning, you know, so that my collaborator, like, bless her heart. I think she was probably very happy to be out of my brain right now because we worked very closely together. And it meant like getting up at four o'clock in the morning, writing for an hour, going to maybe a 5 a.m. workout, writing for an hour, then dealing with the kids. I My commute to New York was writing, 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 writing. I mean, it was like, I have scribbles everywhere. I have notes in my phone. I like, because you'll see when you read the book, it's all life experiences. It's, it's a lot of the science then ties back to vignettes or interactions or experiences in my life. Like if I were to write the book again today, it would be different again, because like, my experiences and my interaction with the world change on a daily basis. But I really wanted everything to feel very real life and practical and accessible. So all of the stories, all of the anecdotes, all of those little moments were so important to me. And it was due in April. I took the new job as editor-in-chief of Women's Day. I'm on lockdown. I've got to reinvent that magazine complete like new logo new whatever the cool part was is i just used the book to inform the redesign of woman's day so <laughs> woman's day is now called woman's yay unofficially and it's become destination celebration no holiday left behind from taco tuesday to christmas and it has become this joyful place to escape the scary and and just celebrate life and so like the joke is i basically just made your fully charged woman's day because that's what I was in the mid. That was my mindset. And I'm, I'm really proud of the work we're doing. And I'm really proud of the magazine. It is absolutely an extension of your fully charged life. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat. Like I made a magazine from everything I believe and live in the book. And then I had to rework a little bit because the recharge chapter is all about resilience and, and overcoming loss and how to bounce back. And at that moment, we are in the middle of a global pandemic. The loss was real for all of us. I mean, I think it was the biggest moment of national grief imaginable. We'd lost our freedom. We'd lost our many of us, our livelihoods, our family members. I mean, it was just, I had to rewrite that chapter. And it kind of now starts with me walking to what was a prayer wall at the end of my block that I had passed for weeks that I just felt compelled to go write a message of hope on a ribbon and tie it to that wall. Like that's not how that chapter started. That's how that chapter then had to start because that's where I was in that moment. And then eventually I had to stop rewriting myself and turn it in. <laughs> Do you have like a whole line of fully charged stuff in the works, like chargers with your fully charged life. I mean, here's the thing. Like my 10 year old daughter will say to me all the time, you need merch, mom. Yeah, you need merch. You need merch. Yeah. <laughs> the reality is, is like, I am a mother of three, the editor in chief of a magazine, a podcaster and an author with like, if somebody wants to, like somebody help could help me with the business of that. I would be so on board because I have all the merch and I love the merch. And I would love to have my own merch. I'm not there yet because I'm just a bit overextended. <laughs> And it's hard because, I mean, one of the biggest philosophies of or premises of your fully charged life is say no, say no a lot, say no often so that you can say yes to what matters. I'm saying yes a little bit more because so many things excite me right now, but I'm going to have to figure out what I can say no to so that I can say yes to merch. 
<laughs> even if you just have a charger, like so that every right. time I were to plug in my phone, I could get that jolt and remember to charge myself. I don't know. Just like right, right there. Oh, I'm so there. I mean, I mean, I'm a walking lightning bolt. So yeah, I am mm. not. So I need you. I need, I need the, I need that like in the, in the present. Well, Megan, thank you so much. I feel like even just talking to you has changed my mood around today. Yay! So thank you for that. I really needed it. And your book is fantastic. And I can't wait to have the hard copy and put it on my orange shelf. And uh, I really think it's going to look so pretty in there, it's right? It's going to look great. It looks amazing. Love the yeah. lightning bolt. And I will now forever. I have a secret. It was originally turquoise and orange is my power color. And they changed it to orange for me. Isn't that nice? Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate all your time. And I am internalizing your messages and will be using them to live my life better. So thank you. Yay. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. All right. Take care, Megan. Today's sponsor was Gemist, G-E-M-M-I-S-T dot com. Give it a try, 20% off their shampoo and conditioner subscriptions. Go to gemist.com and get your personalized recommendation. Enter Zibby at checkout for 20% off. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 